Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm Ryan Rhodes. And on today's episode, Andres put a challenge before God to prove he is real. Time with the Lord bearing fruit in marketing and strategy. Dead man raised to life in South Africa, crippled woman healed in Venezuela. But will God heal his brother of cancer from across the United States? Andres is a part of King Jesus Global, also known as El Rey Jesus, in Miami, Florida. And it's an international, miracle-filled ministry led by Apostle Guillermo Maldonado. There, he is a part of the eldership of Remnant Youth and manages marketing and public relations. But what makes Andres truly special is his raw devotion and passion for Jesus. You know, he's he's one of those people... uh, that you always leave the conversation more stirred and in love with Jesus than you came into it. Uh, the last few times I've talked to him, just hearing him talk, I, I'm almost brought to tears. And this is actually part two of that conversation. Uh, you know, I had to split it in half. So if you missed the first part of this conversation, you will want to jump back to episode 18 and start on episode 18 before listening to this this second half of the conversation, because uh, that will set up some of the groundwork for what we talk about in this episode. Uh, but I really believe this will bless you. Also, if you are interested in supporting this ministry, to supporting what FIRE is doing, help us get the word out um, through sharing, uh, share on your social media, share with your friends, review our podcast any on any platform that you're using that allows reviews, uh, subscribe, follow, all those things. Also, if you'd like to give a one-time or monthly gift, you can go to firemovement.com slash support. That's firemovement.com slash support. And there it'll give you the option for a one-time or monthly gift. So before we jump into the conversation, here is a quick sponsor segment. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. You got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you and standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. Man, Andres, when there was something you said there that uh, a little bit ago, when you're talking about, when we were talking about the part about being known by Jesus, and uh, I just, it, I don't know if it's because I, I talked about that verse earlier about praying lest you be tempted, and then Judas kisses him, but I just think about 
I think when we read the Gospels and the New Testament period, we typically relate to, uh, you know, Peter or Paul, you know, like John. We kind of like find one that we relate to really well, but very it's not often that we relate to Judas and we probably we probably should uh, try to relate to him a little bit more because I think I think a lot of times we choose uh, we can end up choosing things that are just like him. I mean, we don't know fully why he did what he did. I mean, obviously money was involved. He was skimming off the top all along Jesus' ministry, and then he found a greater opportunity for gain off of his relationship with Jesus. Um, and I think we've we've seen that, and like that happens not only from big ministries that have done that kind of stuff where they're gaining off their relationship with Jesus uh, or their image or alignment with Jesus or proximity to, to Jesus. Um, but I think it happens in our day-to-day life, too, where we'll, there's certain things that we'll, we'll leverage because of our proximity with Jesus, and it's actually wrong. Uh, but anyways, I just want to throw that out there. You know, um, uh, if I can add something to you, you just blew my mind. Um, I do think a lot of us are like Judas, and we don't realize it, and I'll, I'll tell you how. Um, has it ever happened that you see somebody be just way too radical for the Lord, maybe in their dancing or in their praying or mm-hmm. something, and we're like, no, nah, they're just too much. Um, no, that, that, calm down, calm down. We're just eating now. You know what we're telling those people? We're telling those people, you love God way too much, mm. <laughs> which is crazy. Like we're, we're actually telling them when we call, I think there's like the, the way I find, I define religion is the people that stop depending on the Lord, right? They depend on a man to hear the Lord. Like Moses, right? Like Moses, he, he was in, um, in the desert. He wanted to take all the people to go encounter the Lord. And they said, no, you go. And you tell us what God is, what God says. I believe that's religion. But the world today defines religion as, oh, you don't, you don't, you don't listen to secular music, your worldly music, you're, you're religious. Or, hey, you, um, you know, you spend five hours with God. That, that's, that's too much. You know, you, um, you know, like they, they define religion by radicalness in the Lord. And I've learned that when we do that, we're actually telling people you love God too much. And I'll give you an example. Mary poured the oil in Jesus's feet. And in one of the Gospels, I think it's Luke, um, literally like five verses after, first, Judas says, you should have given that to the poor. And then, like five verses after, it says that Judas went to go make his plan about selling out to Jesus. So what God was showing me is her worship was way too radical for him. So the religious spirit inside of him finally manifested, and that's what led him to go crucify Jesus. He just couldn't handle it. It was just too much. he was able to handle when Jesus said, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, but he wasn't able to handle somebody spending all her money, all her reputation, which is the glory, right? Like her hair, the glory of women upon his feet. It was, it was way too much for somebody to lay down her life for him. So he, he manifested, you know, and I think we're like that many times. We, we're like Judas that when we see something a little too radical, we criticize it. Mm. Yeah, what well, I mean, and Judas was one of the ones seeing the sick healed. He was seeing demons cast out. Like he was doing it under his own hands. God, Jesus gave his authority to him, and and also, I mean, that must have been the moment on the financial end. Like he must have realized, I can't, I can profit off of this way more than you know. Right now, this is being wasted. That should have been something I could have skimmed off of. And yeah. it's just like you see all the perversion of his heart. 
uh, masked in this religious, we should have taken care of the poor. And, and you're, you're right. And the religious spirit always, uh, this is one thing, people, people do not catch this concept very much, but the same religious demon behind Christianity is the same one behind Islam, behind yeah. all these other religions that drive you one of two directions. It always has the end goal of driving you to be radical in the sense of, of violent and killing people which we've seen in Christianity, we've seen that in Islam, we've seen in other religions, or to the point of insanity, where you, yeah. actually, you actually go insane. And you, you, uh, you know, we've seen that with, I, th- I think it's insanity that people speak out against the Holy Spirit. Like Christians get to the point that they believe cessation. I think that's a, a, actually a form of insanity. Um, wow. That's a whole different thing. But I, I also think about um, two, two stories I'm going to share real quick. Uh, but when you mentioned the, you know, judging people's worship, Bill Johnson tells a story of there was this girl dancing kind of radically and, and whatever, and it was kind of distracting and all this stuff. And he said he was kind of judging it in his heart and trying to figure out whether or not to shut it down, I believe is how the story goes. And then Heidi Baker leans over and goes, isn't that beautiful? And he's like, wow. what? And then she's like, yeah, that girl just got free from like sex trafficking or something like right before that. And that was her expression of that wow. freedom. And in his heart, he didn't even realize he was operating in religiousness until Heidi, who out of that purity of just love of what God does, you know, recognized that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've had this this story in my head all day, uh, This uh, something that happened to us in Honduras. And now I think it kind of makes sense. I feel like I'm supposed to share it. But um, I don't think I've shared this with either of you, but maybe I have with Vince. Uh, but we were in this this church in the one of the villages in Honduras somewhere, and um, this pastor we had never met him before, but we knew pastors that were associated with him, and they kind of connected. And they're like, "Hey, you should go to his church," and he invited us. And anyways, we get there, worship starts, and as soon as worship starts, they end up dragging this kid in uh, who was dying basically, and he was. It was it was at nighttime, so a lot of the local hospitals and stuff were closed, or local like medical centers. So it was gonna be a couple hour drive, and um, I took one look at this kid, and I was like, "There's no way, there's no way he's making it to the hospital. He'll be dead before he gets there." And we had a, an RN with us, so she checks him and stuff, and she's like, "Yeah, his his pulse is very faint, um, and he was white as you know, whiter than me, uh, <laughs> which is not normal in those villages." Um, and anyways, long story short, it was so clear. It's one of the most supernatural experiences I've had. Supernatural in the sense of like all of it, God, demonic, everything. Um, because this pastor immediately, we go to pray for this kid and the pastor starts rebuking us for praying for him because he was a troublemaker, but he's dying. Wow. And he, he legitimately doesn't want us to, to pray for this kid who's dying in his church. Mm-hmm. And he's telling the people to get the kid out of there. And then the people are wanting to take him and put him into a van or take him into a truck and, and drive him. And I know in my heart, like, I know this kid's about to die. Like, he's going to die if he leaves this church and we don't pray for him. And so anyways, and I can feel the spirit of death around him, like tangibly spirit of death. And the closer I get to him, it feels like my heart, like I'm having a heart attack just getting close to him. Mm-hmm. It's hurting. Like I'm, wow. I'm trying to pray for him, and I'm physically feeling the pain of it, while also feeling a stabbing because I had to turn my back on the pastor, who in Spanish, and I know enough Spanish to understand what he's saying. He's telling us to stop, and he's he's like saying North Americans, North Americans, stop praying for him, 
Wow. And and so I I had to say to my team like, listen guys, ignore him. We're gonna pray for this kid. <laughs> like this is our, this is our focus right now. We're we're keeping this kid alive. And um, anyways, long story short, the pastor I, as we're praying for this kid it took like 15, 20 minutes probably. And I would look him in the eyes. And as I'd look him in the eyes, I just I just say to him in Spanish like, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And whenever he would make eye contact with me and stay connected, he would start to get better. But he couldn't talk. He was also seizing like having a seizure from the waist down. Um, he couldn't talk. He was in excruciating pain. Uh, and so we didn't know what was happening with him. And, um, but when he would make eye contact, it all started to subside. And then when he would look away, it would all ramp up again and you'd feel that spirit get bigger. And so I just kept, I I held him by his face and just kept saying that to him, like, you know, Jesus te ama, Jesus te ama. And, and he would, he would start to come back. And, and I remember looking at one point when he broke eye contact, I looked behind me and I realized the pastor was taking an offering in the midst of this, this is like 15 people in a village church and he's taking an offering and then he cancels the rest of the service and sends them home. And of course they don't leave because of what's happening. And, uh, anyways, so we're praying for him. He eventually starts to be able to speak and starts to come back. He's still in a little pain, but he's almost completely gone. And he said, he begins to tell us what happened. And he says basically that, uh, something took over his body and he took poison and started injecting it into his arms. And, um, and he was trying to kill himself, but he didn't want to kill himself. And this thing was taken over him. And wow. he said in, in that place, he said that God spoke to him and showed him all of humanity and said, these are those who are rebellious against me. And, and then said, and you're one of them. Mm. And he said, but I forgive you and I love you. And then that's, you know, they, then they dragged him. Somebody came and found him, dragged him to the church and, um, anyways, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that, how that all happened. And then the pastor went outside, stood outside the church at the window and stared at us as we kept praying for this kid. And it was the first time I ever really, like, you know, we have fair, what we think are Pharisees here are just people who don't believe the way we believe. Uh, and that's, there's truth that there's Pharisaical aspects of that, but there was something. So it blew my mind to to feel that, to watch this, I'm watching a miracle. This kid's, he came back from death, you know, Mm -hmm. like he was like right there on the edge of death, came back. He's sharing his testimony about how God just saved him. And in the midst of that, in the, in the midst of that, a pastor is standing with his arms crossed, staring at me. It, it, it blew it. And I, I could feel, I could feel, um, I could feel, I don't even know how to describe the religious part of it, but I almost feel like the religious part was more what was happening in my heart. It felt like, it felt like knives hitting me in my back and going to my heart over and over again. And it, it was so, it was so profound. Um, just everything that was happening spiritually, long story short, the, you know, that kid shares that. And I was like, Hey, that's the gospel. If you want this Jesus that just saved this kid's life, who, who met him, who showed him his rebellion, but still said, I love you and forgive you. He's here. And then people, we had several people come, you know, of, of this church who are already Christians, Christians, you know, but they're raised in this religious, there's this like demonic gospel down there that we've run into. That's like, basically you don't know if you're ever saved until you face Jesus. It's like, and then he might like you or he might not. It's like one of the most orphaned gospels. 
and it's something we have to confront constantly wow. really all of central america I, I don't i don't know if it's everywhere else but it's really it's abusive it's abusive by the pastors it's to get them to give more money and to keep coming to church and it's it's a religious mess but people gave their lives to jesus got filled with the holy spirit but it's just amazing because we can be we can be doing the things of god and i I feel like this is what God wanted to hit. Maybe this is just for one person, but we can be doing the things of God and we're seeing it now. We're seeing people be exposed and all this stuff. And they have amazing ministry. Some of them have really impacted my life. I'm thankful for them. Uh, But man, they're being exposed and we can have that relationship. We can do the things of God. We can be a Judas who's healing the sick and we're right there along everything. They're feeding the poor Meanwhile, we're benefiting off of of Jesus and we're using the relationship because there's benefits of the kingdom for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, blessed are the pure are, are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom. Like when we recognize we have nothing else, we get everything. We get the whole kingdom. But man, the, it's, it's so sad to me. And I, I know I know that that pastor and he ended up being like tormented by it for days. He, and we, then we found out he had actually been taking, he took his whole family and they're following us village to village and always arriving after we had already left uh, wow. looking for us to repent. And he did come back and repent. Um, uh. Uh, Cause God moved on his heart and he was really, he was really touched by the whole thing. We got to baptize that kid and it saved his life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's more beautiful is the, I love how what God did to the kid, but what he did to the pastor to me, Change, it wrecks me even more because I, that's really hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he did that's amazing. Praise God. Yeah. And one of the cool things with that story, uh, and then we can move on. I, I don't want to make this just about, about this, but I, uh, I really felt like the Lord said to sow into him. And so I went to him afterwards and I, I gave him the harshest rebuke I've ever given anyone, uh, completely out of love. It wasn't, it wasn't aggressive. I didn't say it aggressive, but I just said, I said, you know, I believe God appointed you here. Mm-hmm. I believe you're the, the authority here. Cause all that, one of the things was afterwards, he, he said, you know, you went against my authority. And I said, I said, listen, uh, when you're, when you're authority, my, my job is to stand between hell and that kid. And the second that your authority tried to override that, I wasn't going to listen to you anymore. And I was like, my job is, is, is to keep him out of hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know, I respect you. I believe you're the authority here. I, I believe you're God's man. But I said, if you, if you can't recognize when God is doing something like that and you fight against it, God will remove you. Yeah. And then I sewed into him, which didn't make any sense. And then what I didn't know is one of the other guys on our team, Avery, um, which you'll, Andres, you'll have to meet at some point. Vince knows him. Uh, he also got it, also told him. So he comes running back from the truck. I'm talking to this pastor. He comes running back from the truck and sews into this pastor. And we get back and we talked about it later. And I was like, wait, you sewed into him also. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. Um, and so it was just this like amazing mercy moment where God even sewed into this guy's church, this guy who took an offering while somebody's dying and then canceled the church service because he was upset that we didn't follow his rules. And I was just like, man, <laughs> the mercy and the love and kindness of God and whatever it, it, and his wife even came up to me at the, at the service is like, I'm so sorry. He's wrong. Keep doing what you're doing. Wow. And like, and, but to have God work on his heart, him to come after, yeah, it was, it was just beautiful. Man, we really need to, um, I was sharing this yesterday with some young people, but we really need to learn how to love, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we, 
if we focus more on revealing who God truly is and a little less in the agendas we want to fill, this world will be saved already. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about, uh, man, I, just thinking about Judas, you know, or, or Mary or Lazarus, you know, you know, you know what breaks my heart and in such a beautiful way, like Jesus knew that Lazarus would die and resurrect and he still wept. Hmm. Like that's how much he loved. Like he, he, he loved enough to understand that even though he was going to resurrect, he went through some pain and, and it, it hurt him. You know, it, it, it hurt Jesus to see Martha and Mary doubt, you know, and be so broken that they couldn't believe, you know, that he had to say, tell them, hey, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you'll see my glory? Mm. No, Lord, we know he'll resurrect. But when when everybody resurrects, no, no, no. Don't you believe now? You know, like, if if if, if you could ask me what's my greatest, what I'm trying to learn in this season is I I... I want to I want to know what loving God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul and all my strength actually is because I also understand first that's the best thing that I could ever taste in my whole life and it's, it it does not satisfy me like anything else. It is the best. But two, I also understand that I will love people from the overflow of my love towards God. Yeah. And 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 I'm I I just think we need to become more intentional about falling in love with God. Um, I think that the church is doing well at loving the Lord, but at, but not doing well at loving the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. You know, and I'm I'm I was I was to, like the Bible says that if your hand makes you sin, cut it off. Mm. Well, I, I will encourage all the listeners that if there's anything quenching your love for God today, cut it off. You know, anything. If Jesus went as radical as the Savior, if your hand makes you sin, cut it off. If your eyes make you sin, pluck it out. Well, loving the Lord is a commandment. Therefore, not loving the Lord is breaking that commandment. And I think if we focus more at cutting off things to stop our love for the Lord, you 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 will you will really you will have the best twenty twenty one. You know, uh, you you will actually. I, I think it, it, it hurts me to say this, but I think. Most of us missed the mark in 2020. We missed the lesson. The lesson wasn't to repent, right? Turn from your wicked ways and seek my face. We we said all the right things. We did not seek his face, hmm. you know, and we did not turn from our wicked ways because, uh, you know, wicked ways is a strong word, right? And for most of us, our life stayed the same. All we did was uh, call more fast, right? But but there wasn't a radical change. And and if if we turn from our wicked way, there, there there there'll be some sort of crazy change in our life. And I think we weren't humble enough to pick up on that. And I, I I'm praying that I learned that lesson now, because I I I don't want to miss it again. You know, I I I really want to um go after his heart. And you know, the, the, uh, the temptation of a preacher is that you will seek the Lord for revelation because that's what you have to give people. Yep. And I don't want that. God, God is taking me through a season where he doesn't even let me take notes anymore. Where, mm-hmm. You know, before I would kind of take notes to prepare and, and I, I think it's wise. I encourage you to do that. But it's, it's almost like 
he really just wants my time with him to be about him and, and then my preaching to be an overflow of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the greatest, greatest piece of advice on preaching I ever received was from a guy named Brian Williams in uh, Columbus, Ohio, pastor of, and he's the apostle of uh, Hope City and uh, Hope City Church. And he said, he said, you're the message. He's like, prepare you. He's like, yeah, if you need, if you need to take notes to prepare the message as well, like what you're going to say, you can do that. But the most important thing is you. And I've realized that there's been so many times when I've been stressed or like, what am I going to talk about? And, you know, whatever. And and then God's like, just come spend time with me. And those have been come the on. sweetest times, but also the most impactful messages have been yeah. the ones where I feel totally unprepared, like with a plan, yeah. <laughs> you know, of what I'm going to say. But in, instead, like my heart is bursting forth and he's able to just flow through me. Yeah. Well, and that that is what you said about the wicked ways. Oh, oh, this is important to point out because I, I think that uh, you know when it says wicked, it's it's like wicker furniture, like the twisted furniture. It just means twisted up, and like you know we think wicked and we think witches and like it it just gets you know all this stuff in our mind. But it literally just means twisted up, whereas righteousness means like straight, justified. Yeah. It's a you know a clear wow. clear line versus being twisted so it's like that that literally oh is the God. difference and so you know i, I teach right righteousness is probably the main thing i teach like if i teach any biblical concept it's righteousness and it's like if i have two cups and i'm pouring one cup or if i have a faucet and i'm trying to fill my cup with water that's probably a better way of saying it like if my cup isn't aligned it's not going to get filled and like our twist up ways we're just trying to do stuff to receive god that he's not even in and that's a lot of churchianity and things in our in our churchianity and religiousness in our own lives and then churchianity and religiousness in the church and things that are just not working. Yeah. And he wants us to turn from those ways so that he can heal our land, so he can do the things that he's promised. But because I think it's in first uh, the first chapter of Jeremiah where it says like he walks back and forth, it, it, the essence of the, the scripture is that he walks back and forth waiting to do that, which he said. And so like I, I feel like that's that's where God at, is at most of the time with us is he's like on the edge of a seat, like, Hey, just, just align with me, align your heart with me, align your ways with me, like walk in the ways of the Lord, the things I've taught you. And then I can do this thing I've, I've said I, I'll do for you, mm-hmm. but I'm just waiting on you. <laughs> you know, you just reminded me, um, like two weeks ago, I woke up in the morning and I, I heard the Lord say this intentions, matter to me Hmm. i think what you said is so powerful because now i understand what he meant to me that day when he said when you're talking about wicked right it's it's something twisted and i think what twists a lot of we think that because we're doing the right things they're not wicked but if they have the wrong intentions behind them they are wicked and i think for the church not for the world but for the church he was trying to purify our intentions in the right actions that we're doing mm-hmm. more than, more than, you know, I mean, I, I do believe a lot of people, we, we always got to turn away from like pornography and, and, and lying and these things that do happen. But for, for, for the majority of the church, I think he was just kind of like, Hey, yes, you're giving money, but now with not as love as the yeah. intention. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, you're serving, but not from the perspective of love. That's not the intention. And he's trying to get our intentions back in the right place because intentions matter to the Lord. Yeah. You know, if, 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 if intentions didn't matter to the Lord, 
he would have been pretty proud of the Pharisees because they, they prayed all the right prayers and said all the right things and, and they even gave money to the poor, right? But their intentions were twisted. And obviously there was other stuff that they did that was really wicked, but, but what I'm trying to say is, um, like, I, I was talking to some friends. I, I think giving to God is so important. I think sowing and reaping, I believe in that. But if my only purpose to sowing is that I want to reap something, I have twisted the concept that the Bible teaches. Mm. And I, I think that's a big issue I see with a lot of businessmen. Yeah, they're giving to the kingdom, but, but a lot of them, they're giving because they want a reward. Yeah. They're not giving out of love. Yeah. And, and I, I say this because the Lord has been convicting me about this because, you know, like God told me one time, like he, he told me to ask a few of my friends this, if I gave you $10 million today, what would you do? And most of them said this, I'll give my tithe and offerings, I'll multiply my money and I'll buy nice things. Because in their mind, tithe and offerings is enough. Then you're not really an investor in the kingdom. You're just giving what God said you needed to do. Mm-hmm. God is going to trust us with the wealth of the wicked when our finances are so surrendered to him that we actually allow him to use it to flip our cities upside down, yeah. to pay for the cops, to get a better school system, and to actually infiltrate our school system because the world gets into the school system because they have the money to manipulate it. Yeah. What if we used money? What if we used mammon to expand the kingdom? I think in, in, in Chris Valentin talks about this in his Poverty, Riches, and Wealth book. He says that in the book of Luke, it, Jesus says, hey, the world uses mammon for their agenda. You learn how to use mammon to expand the kingdom. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, if we want money only to give a tithe and offering or sponsor the next crusade, this world will never, the society will never change. Yep. Because a crusade does not change our education system. A crusade will not change our, 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 the way that politics are done in the, in the nation. It's, it's not going to change any of that. Yeah. It will bring salvation, and, it, and that's beautiful, and that's amazing. But I think God called us to more than that. And mm-hmm. I think that the temptation of a business person is, at least, you know, I, I, maybe, you know, maybe people listening, you're not like that. But like my pastor says, maybe the people listening are perfect. But at least for me, I'll tell you this. Hey, sometimes I start giving more because I know of the reward, the principle that will always apply, right? You give and you shall have in return. But then I'm not doing it from a perspective of love. Yeah. That's not bad, but my intention must first be love. God, I, I, I'm giving to you because I love you. I'm going to give to that person because I love them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know what? I'm going to pay for our city to have a worship night because I want to see all the churches gathered. And I don't care who is on the pulpit, who could care less. Who's the one leading? As long as you see a bunch of different churches worshiping our king together. And um, I, it, it just blew my mind because when I, I never thought of wicked as just twisting something that's right, you know. I, I, I did in the past, but I forgot. And, and I, I now I understand why he told me that intentions matter because we're doing a lot of the right things with the wrong intentions, you know. Uh, I'll give you something. Uh, we work with many churches and sometimes we try to do crusades in different countries. And... If another church gets involved, they won't get involved because they don't like that church. Mm. So were you after the fame of the crusade or were you after the souls that are going to get saved? Mm. You know? Or or sometimes people will soul if you promote them. But if you don't let your left hand do know what the right hand is doing, they don't want to be part of it because there's no benefit to it. So we've turned the kingdom into a business. Mm-hmm. You know, which I understand... The business is part of the kingdom of God, right? Like we, we are supposed to prosper and do all these things, but, but if the intention is not love, we're, we're just like a sounding clinical, like, uh, 
symbol. <laughs> yeah. Like uh like uh first Corinthians thirteen says, right? Um so I, I just think that's crazy what you just said, Ryan. That's that's insane. Um so for this last little bit, I'd like to just dig into some of the things you've learned uh being under I mean you've been under Apostle Guillermo Maldonado, um, which once again, you know, a lot of our people may not know. They sh- they should. Uh, he's somebody to know. But you you've been under a general of the faith, and I'm I'm sure you've seen miracles and and things like that. Um, what are you mentioned something earlier that you had learned from him? Can you share anything else like what you've learned, what you've seen? Is there anything yeah. that's like really blown your mind uh, as far as miracles, like any of that? Whatever whatever comes to mind, go for it. Yeah, um, you know, something that I really appreciate from Apostle is his willingness to take risk. Um, he believes that God's supernatural power is not for the fivefold leaders, it's for the church. Mm-hmm. And one of our main focuses is we want every believer to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, prophesy, speak in tongues, and really enjoy the fullness of the gospel. Um, so, you know, I, I was telling Ryan, the way that I got trained in evangelism was uh, uh, they, they, they told a girl in front of me, oh, this guy's going to tell you everything about your room through word of knowledge and then things about your life. And I had never done it before. You know, like they, they we have a culture where it pushes you for risk. You know, mm-hmm. it trusts the Lord and God will back you up. Our job is just to pray. God does the rest. Right. And um, I've seen thousands and thousands of people get activated and got supernatural power, um, not just. It's very easy to do it in a service, but are we bold enough to do it in the streets, right? Like, like I, I, I tell my disciples all the time, it's cute. It's cute that you want to help me when I'm praying in a temple, but I would like for you to help me when we're in the street and nobody wants to talk to the person. Yeah. And, um, and that's something that, that I've learned is, is I've, seen, I, I've had the privilege of work hand-in-hand with Apostle, right? Like um, both as an elder in the church, he's, he's discipled me, and, and also in marketing. Um, Right now, he's he's about to write a, he's he's about to launch a book called "End Time Shaking and Revival," and um, I've I've had the privilege of traveling with him to Guatemala, and meet with the president and the most important governmental leaders in Guatemala, mm. and he was only allowed to take five minutes to pray for them, uh, more as in, uh, uh, you know, bless them, yeah. and he turned it into a miracle crusade in the middle of a banquet hall where those people <laughs> began to repent and get healed. Hmm. Therefore, the calling for salvation was massive. Wow. You know, uh, I, what I love about Apostle is that he will preach the gospel no matter where he is, hmm. you know, um, and he will empower you to do it yourself. I've seen him preach the gospel in a, in, in, in a he's, he's preached it in Pakistan with, with like a million people. He's preached it in a small church in a banquet hall with governmental leaders. I've seen him gather businessmen to help finance the kingdom, but that's not enough. He still has to do a miracle crusade with those same businessmen to see them restored to their families wow. and delivered. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's incredible, man. I, I, you know, one time they went to South Africa. I wasn't able to go on this trip, but it, it really impacted me. Um, and um, they prayed for a man that was death, was dead for three days in Lesotho, Africa. His name was uh, Tato. <laughs> and, um, you know, this guy was dead for three days. It came out in the news. You can actually look it up in the news in that country. It's still in the newspaper. He was dead for three days. Somebody declared a word of knowledge that this man would resurrect. And three days later, 
uh, he started banging on the coffin on the. It was like one of those that you put on the in the in like in the in the wall. Yeah. And um, and 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 you know how like they hadn't they hadn't like cut him up yet or done any of that stuff. Yeah. He's just dead, and he resurrected and and he he today he lives like he, he I think he has a family. He got married. Um, one time we went to Venezuela, which is my home country. And there was a lady that that she couldn't walk. She was she was um, so oppressed, and and her she she just had um oh man I forgot the name of the of, of the condition now, but basically because of something that happened in her brain, um, she was just crippled in a wheelchair. Uh, very she she kind of had this posture of of just not being able to even um, strain herself out. And all they did was pray for her. I I don't think anybody prayed for her. I think it was the atmosphere of the presence of God. And this lady today, she dances for the Lord like crazy. You know, mm-hmm. um, I went to Mexico one time and uh, we were doing miracle session and we believe that in the glory of God, God does the miracles. And um, I got the honor of praying for uh, a lady that was uh, couldn't hear, couldn't speak and had a, a problem in her ACL, completely healed. Mm-hmm. And we see this over and over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. um, I went to a, a trip in Orlando. They sent me to go preach in, in one of our covering churches, our campuses. And um, just God led me to just lead them to encounter the Lord. And one of the girls said that, and, and again, this is this is just the Lord. This is, has nothing to do with me. Anybody can do this. I walked by a girl and she felt the spirit of depression break from her. And a few days before, she was thinking of killing herself. Her mother forced her to go to this conference. And she said that for the first time, she loves the Lord now, you know, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Is there, is there a specific miracle that you've witnessed or either under your hands or you've been there present for, or even has happened to you that you were not the same after, after it happened? Oh man, that's a great question. The answer is yes. Or it really taught you something about God or. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I have a brother. He, he's, so my half brother's half brother, but I call him brother. <laughs> he, he, he's a doctor. Uh, he's 30 years old, and at 28, he got diagnosed with cancer. Um, it was in his kidney, and it spread all over his body. The doctor said that, that he would pass. In our church, they teach us that you lay hands on the sick and they get healed. Mm-hmm. And um, but he was in Chicago. I was in Miami, and. We, we get taught a lot to declare the blood of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus heals. And um, I, you know, I've, when you pray for a stranger, it's a lot different than when you pray for a family member. Mm-hmm. It just challenges you more, at least for me. Yeah. And um, my, my, my brother, he, he wasn't, he, he's not a believer. You know, he, he believes in God now, but he wasn't a believer then. And, and he's not too committed to the Lord. But man, we 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 just believe the word and we declare the blood of Jesus. And I'll I'll send you a picture later, Ryan, so you can see it. But uh, within like a month of the doctor saying that there was no real solution, the cancer disappeared fully. <laughs> my father died of cancer. Oh wow! My dad, my dad died of cancer when I was yeah. two. So I hate cancer. I I I I cannot stand cancer. And. Uh, when this happened to my family member, we we believed and we prayed, mm-hmm. and he's completely healed today. He's good, you know. And, and that that one impacted me. Um, 
if I, this one is is, is kind of innocent, but it changed my life because I was I was brand new to the Lord. I saw a leg grow like four inches, you know. And yeah, and that's freaky, especially yeah. the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like, so so you know, on, on another time, um, this one probably changed my life. My grandmother today she she just turned ninety. This must have been like seven years ago. Um, she had uh, problems in her leg. And the, the the blood wasn't circulating right, mm-hmm. so her her um, ankles were swollen like like probably like a like a like a small dodgeball you know like something like that in mm-hmm. that level, and um, I, I had just come from one of the events at church uh, cap the one in the American American Airlines Arena, and the Lord tells me pray over her because she was Catholic and and she didn't want to leave her you know they pray to a lot of saints and right. and and they worship a lot of idols and all these things and. And I just really wanted her to actually fall in love with God, with Jesus, not with all these other saints. And um, the Lord tells me, pray over her right now, and it'll disappear in front of her. So I did, and it did. It just <laughs> disappeared in front of her eyes. And oh and and my grandma's a radical believer now. Like she's just so beautiful. She, she, she threw away all her idols. She threw away all, her, all, all the chains that she had and all the candles and all that stuff and she she just loves God now and 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 you know and is focused in Jesus and um I think those things are amazing. I will tell you the miracle that impacted me the most. Um one time I was in Gainesville. I was in Gainesville, Florida and um me and my friends I I, I think the first time I tasted revival was this. Me and my friends opened a cell group in 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 UF, right? And I, I had never seen the power of God in Gainesville. Like no church I went to, I had seen the power of God. I'm sure there were. I just never found it. Um, but I was in Gainesville, Florida, and um, we were trying to hang out, and the glory of God invades our room. So we end up worshiping. Like, we were trying to watch a movie, and just the Lord seduced us to spend time with Him. <laughs> and as we're praying, He starts showing us visions of different places in UF. So we go to them by faith. And we go to this place called the Wright Center, which is kind of like the entertainment center that has, like, the bowling alley and the food court and all that. And my friend feels from God to tell the janitor, Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. And he begins to cry. Mm-hmm. Just begins to cry and cry and cry and cry. And and we're like, hey, what's going on? And he goes, I was on my way to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And I asked God for a sign. Jesus loves you. That's it. The power mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. If my friend was not walking in love, those words would mean nothing. Mm-hmm. But because he just spent time with the Lord and he was willing to go share that love that he encountered with somebody... Mm-hmm. it changed this man. A year later, I went back to school after I graduated. I ran into the same man. Him and his wife were going to a church. Mm-hmm. Christian, disciple of Jesus wow. now. The power of love, man. It just, it, 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 wow. You know, I, I think it's going to be our journey to discover. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. But Vince, do you, do you have any closing questions or anything? Oh, before? man. I know we could go. We're gonna to have to have an, uh, another <laughs> another well, like conversation sessions with Andreas. Weekly <laughs> sessions with Andreas. Well, I, I think I, I'm not promising this, but I think at the end of this podcast season, I'd like to have a roundtable discussion and just hit a topic like faith or something, and us just talk about it. Uh, and you're one of the people I've thought of for that. It will get like I love three, four, five of us on here. Yeah. Man, I think, um, yeah, I think just to kind of cap it off, dude, like just hearing you talk about the miracles. I mean, it's again, man, like it's just the purity of your heart, dude. Like 
just coming back to even the family thing, like two of the two of the four miracles that you described as being the most impactful for your life is family. Yeah. Like how pure is that? You know? Um, so I just really appreciate that, man. I appreciate you sharing those. Um, because I think that it's it's it is really easy to get radically saved and just kind of cut yourself off from family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so I appreciate you sharing that for, for people listening, like nobody is too far gone and family's family, no matter how screwed up things get or not, no matter how radical you become for, for God. Hmm. That's good. Um, since I promised it, I'm going to read, uh, I found that verse. It's in Proverbs 30. It's the wisdom of agar, ag- agar, ag- agur. Agur, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is in the Passion Translation, and then I'm going to ask you the question I text or sent yeah. you beforehand. Um, it, it says in verse five, Proverbs thirty, verse five: Every promise from the faithful. This just summarizes that whole section so well. Every promise from the faithful God is pure and proves to be true. He is the wraparound shield of protection for all of His lovers who run to hide in Him. Never add to his words or he'll have to rebuke you and prove that you're a liar. And then it says, God, there are two things that I'm asking you before I die. Only two. Empty out my heart of everything that is false, every lie and every crooked thing. And give me neither undue poverty nor undue wealth, but rather feed my soul with a, me- with a measure of prosperity that pleases you. Wow. May my satisfaction be found in you. Don't let me be so rich that I don't need you or so poor that I have to resort to dishonesty just to make ends meet. Then my life will never detract from bringing glory to your name. And it goes on from there. Um, But I remember, I think it was Francis Chan that I heard talk about that originally, about how that's become a prayer for his life. And I remember at that point being like, man, that's a hard prayer to pray, you know, Uh, especially the, you know, the amount of wealth and stuff. But when your heart's there and it's just like, I just want to know the Lord. That's all I want. Yeah. Um, um, wow. Uh, you have something? Yeah. I, I, before you ask me that question, um, man, I, I just want to tell the people that are listening. Um, the world does not need more systems, more strategies. The world doesn't need more gifts. If I'm fully honest, um, they need people that love God. I think revival looks like people f- so obsessed and in love with the Lord and in love with people as well. That's revival. Mm-hmm. People that love God and love people. Mm-hmm. And I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of them. Um, I love the graces, the grace and favors that, that God has given us, the, the wisdom. But I want to encourage everybody listening, if we focus in falling in love with the Lord, you know, the Bible says that loving God empowers you to obey him. That in itself right there will give you the year that you've been crying out for. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, I want to encourage you to, to don't take falling in love with God as a spontaneous um, moments of destiny that will happen. Be intentional with it. Yeah. Get around people that provoke your fire. I love talking to Ryan. It, it, it always provokes me. Uh, I love talking to some of these people around me that just flame. They, they just add so much fuel to the fire I carry. 
and I, and 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 if you have people that or situations or or anything that is quenching your love for the Lord, just get rid of it and and just really like ask God. You know, the Lord ta- taught me this: surrender will help you fall in love with God. Asking God to help you love Him more will help you. Knowing Him will lead you to fall in love with Him. That that one right there is probably the best one. You know, take more time this year to know the Lord. For who he is, not for a message, not to help somebody else, just just to know the God that created you. You will fall radically in love and you will be a better person and your purpose will be fulfilled automatically by that. Yeah. Um, so I encourage you, just make that your priority in the season, you know, and you will you will change the world, you know, like you will you will do more than what you have ever imagined. You're just you walking into places will radiate that love to other people and it will provoke them to get hungry for God. Uh, uh, your prayers will, will, will be different. You know, you, you, you might say the most simplistic revelation, but it will make people cry because God sits in it. And that's just kind of like my big encouragement to, 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 the, to the Christians listening. Yeah. So then the, the question, I mean, he kind of just did it, but <laughs> the, the question is, uh, speak directly to the audience and just like if all of humanity was, was listening right now, take two or three minutes and just share the message that's on your heart to them. Speak right to them. No pressure, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would like to apologize to you because we have not represented the true God. Um, and I want to tell you that God is love, you know, and he's not the love that we know. He is, he lays down, he, he gives his life for you consistently, even in your rejection towards him. And God loves you so much and he wants to be with you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you life in abundance. He wants to, to, to empower you to be the best you. He wants to not come to judge you and, and spit rules in your face, but rather uh, heal you and prosper you and save you. And I just want to tell you that, 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 that God is the most beautiful person you'll ever meet. And I challenge you to do the same thing that I did almost 11 years ago and, and challenge God. God, if you are real, show yourself to me. And I guarantee that Jesus will show up and he will speak to you and he will love you and he will guide you. And I guarantee that your life will never be the same. If you give God a chance, I give you my word that you will give, you will have just the most incredible experience and journey from that moment on. And God will, will show you why he's real and, and, and that he loves you. And I just want to share that, 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 you know, Jesus died at the cross for your forgiveness, your salvation, and for you to have a better life, not for anything else. He wants to spend time with you. And and I want to encourage you that if you are listening to this and, and, and maybe you feel far away from God or you want to get closer to Him, I want to do a prayer with you to get you close to the Lord. You know, He, he not only died to forgive your sins, but He died so that you can spend time with Him, so that you can know Him. And He wants to do that right now. And He wants to help you. Maybe you have cancer. Maybe uh, your, your, your marriage is about to fall apart. Maybe um, you don't know how to provide But Jesus right now wants to help you in those areas. So I just want you to do this prayer with me and invite Jesus into your heart. The Bible says that if you repent from your sin 
and you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. I want you to repeat this prayer with me and believe, but I also want you to go home and start talking to him every single day. And I guarantee that you will never, ever be the same. And just say this, just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. I do believe that God raised you from the dead for my forgiveness and my salvation. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. But Jesus, I also want to know the real you. I want to know the real you, not the God of religion, not the God of the world, not what culture says about you. I want to know who you truly are. And I give you the permission to access every area of my heart so that you can show me who you truly are. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. That was good. Mic drop for for the next year, man. Let's let's go. Just, Just echo that. I got that sentiment the rest of the year. <laughs> I, so, I'm, I'm asking God to really teach me how to preach the gospel because I feel like I fail at it. <laughs> bro, bro. It, I, you definitely I, don't fail at it. Listen, man. listen, man. When you, when you opened your mouth to say, I'm sorry, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was like, oh, this, this, is, this, is, this is for the church. This is for the bride. This is for us. Yeah, yeah man. I, I just... I, I realize that there's a lot of opinion that I've put in the gospel that has led people to not understand God. Yeah, and I'm true. sorry about that, man. I, mm. I I have so much fear of the Lord now. Mm. I I don't care how good my opinion sounds. I don't care if my opinion is going to make it easy for somebody to believe in God. Mm-hmm. If it's not aligned to His Word and if it's not aligned to His heart, I'm 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 not. It's it's no good. Yeah. And yeah. If we as Christians would be willing enough to represent him a lot better, um, to let Jesus be the true standard, it would be so much easier for people to receive the Lord. You know, Jesus went and preached and thousands of people got saved, right? Like Apostle Peter preached the gospel and 3,000 got saved all at once. And I believe it's because he really reflected Jesus' heart. But we often are too focused in bringing them to a building that we forget the heart of God. Mm. And I, um, my prayer to us is that, is that um, I, I heard Michael Kulianis preach um, with Bethel in, in, I think it was Tulsa, um, and he preached the gospel so pure, and, yeah. and it, it was so real and so true, and it convicted me. It, it, it led me to repent because I, I never again want to preach a gospel that is not really doing what the Word says. Because when I do that, I'm actually making it harder for people to get to know the Father. They, uh, Damon Thompson says this. Sometimes we take people from one bondage to put them into a greater bondage, which is religion. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't share the real gospel, all I'm doing is taking people from the world and putting them in religion, not in Jesus. And, and, and that's why I started with asking for forgiveness because I've oh. failed at that so many times. It's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, we definitely need a part two to this. <laughs> we could go so many places. Uh, man, like if, if people want to get uh, get in contact with you or follow you on social media, how do they do that? Um, you can go to uh, on Instagram. Um, you can just follow me in Andres Brizuela, um, which is A-N-D-R-E-S-B-R-I-Z-U-E-L-A. My, my name is in Spanish, so I know it's kind of hard to, to spell out, even for for Spanish speaking people, but, uh, um, and you can also get connected to, to, 
if you want to learn from the church that I come from, King Jesus Ministry um, and Remnant Youth uh, on, on Instagram. And uh, Guillermo Maldonado is my senior pastor. Um, you know, great messages there. Um, and um, I do encourage you to, to, I don't know, Ryan, if I'm allowed to say this, but I encourage you to, to follow Dive Collective on Instagram. Um, it's just messages that will really purify you and, and, help, and provoke you towards the Lord. Um, and actually, I, I, I do feel that there's somebody uh, listening um, that cancer has made, has made you to lose hope, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's just, I want to encourage you to tell God, help my unbelief, but I'm also going to pray, God, I just declare in the name of Jesus mm. that that person, I believe you're a woman, um, and I believe that when you're listening to this, you're going to be in a car. Um, I even see a red car. Um, Father, I just declare in the name of Jesus Christ, healing upon her, my God, in Jesus' name, that the cancer would fully disappear, Father God, and she would be made whole, my God, and that this testimony will lead her to fall more in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Man. Man. <laughs> Just... Oh, so good. Thank you so much for taking time to be on this. Uh, I mean, you become a great friend. You're helping with Dive. Uh, I'm so thankful for you. So thank you. And Vince, thank you for co-hosting with me today. I always appreciate you. Uh, for those listening, um, if you made it this far, thank you. We, we, we're glad you're joining <laughs> us. Um, if you, if, if this, if this ministry, if this podcast has really touched you and you want to, uh, sew into it in any way, you can go to firemovement.com slash support and you can give one time or monthly if you'd like to do that. Also, please, uh, subscribe, leave reviews anywhere you listen to this podcast, um, and share with your friends. Uh, but for today, that's the fire podcast.